Hello, Helen, and welcome to Making of a Musician. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Lover, there will be another one Who'll hover over you beneath the sun Tomorrow, see the things that never come Today, when you see me fly I was wondering how you would describe yourself. Myself? Oh gosh, gee. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that question. Well, I am a singer, a musician, but my life informs the songs that I write, the songs that I sing. I have done many things in my life. You know, I, I mean, how far do you want to go back? <laughs> you know, I, I started out as, you know, I went to art college and, and I was doing fine arts and I've always been really creative. I started off doing painting, photography, sculpture. You know, I even like to, I like to cook, you know, and, and I could spend a whole day in a kitchen cooking. And I really like cooking, you know. Like, Are you a sweet or savoury cook? <laughs> Both. Both. Yeah. So just recently I started having dinner parties again. I really love it. And I love sharing food in my house with people. When you see me fly away without you Shadow on the things you know these things inform the music that I that I produce and I love gardening and I think I like gardening because I like to nurture something I like watching things grow I guess what I'm trying to say is I like to have time doing other things apart from music and singing and songwriting because having that time away from music actually creates better music yourself as a musician okay I went to art college and I sort of dropped out of art college and I just started I picked up a guitar I started singing well actually that's not entirely true like all through school I, I was pursuing music and I was absolutely passionate and just obsessed with singers and songwriters and would spend hours listening to singers and singing with them but I was incredibly shy and I don't think that's uncommon I think a lot of you know musicians and singers are kind of perhaps introverted people and learn how to manoeuvre being on a stage and, and shining you know when they're on a stage and anyway so at high school I was just way too nervous and scared to stand on a stage and and perform in front of people but so I pursued music outside of school and I learned the guitar and the flute and you know and sang and and then I went to our college and dropped out of our college and traveled and while all that was happening I had my guitar and I would sing 
and people kept saying to me, you have a lovely sounding voice, you should sing more. Eventually I found myself listening to those people and I found myself singing with a jazz trio of very established players who invited me to get up and sing with them. And I think um, you asked me, who am I and, and you know, how does this inform my music? And I think I'm really passionate. I think I really love singing and music and I think you would have to because to stand up on a stage and sing in front of people, it's a very brave thing to do. It is. Lightning flashed across the sky The night it taught me how to fly The sun came up and then I found Too soon he let his lady down His lady bird Come on down I'm here waiting on the ground Ladybird, I'll treat you good oh, Ladybird, I wish you a moment when music first grabbed your attention? You know, I don't come from a very musical family. I guess my, my parents wanted to work hard to give the children a better life. But my father was actually, he loved Burt Bacharach and he loved Dusty Springfield and Dion Warwick and Glen Campbell and trying to think of some of the other people. And I, I have this memory of waking up in the back seat of my parents' car, coming home from a party that they'd been to and hearing Dusty Springfield sing, oh gosh, you know, right now I can't remember which song it was, but it was one of the, the you know, San Jose or something like that. You know, do you know the way to San Jose? And I just remember sort of slowly waking up to the sound of Dusty Springfield's voice. And, you know, and to this day, I still revere her voice and the, the, the softness of her voice and the power of her voice in that softness, I, I, I guess. And so, you know, that's probably my earliest memory. LA is a great big freeway. you were just saying did music play much of a role in your family not from my family but I was just really obsessed with it from a really early age I mean I seriously would spend hours by myself in my bedroom as you do as a young teenager and I would just listen to music a lot of music and sing along and some of my earliest memories were of singing along to Joni Mitchell, Cleedon's Clearwater Revival, Neil Young I'm a huge Neil Young fan just I absolutely adore his voice Through my life as a singer, as a musician, I've listened to a lot of different styles of music. And it's interesting how you do kind of go back to the early memories and the, the artists that first kind of got you interested, like Bob Dylan, for example, you know. Even Stevie Wonder. I mean, I saw Stevie Wonder perform and I've gone through the folk thing and the, the, the soul thing and, you know, and then the jazz thing. And I still go back to, I still really actually love Neil Young's voice. I find something 
extraordinary with his voice. Any songwriting I find extraordinary. Yeah, that's absolutely true. But I do, there is some sort of fragility and strength all wrapped together in his voice that, that affects me, yeah. What sort of music was brought home when you were growing up? Did your parents bring any music home? Yeah, yeah. So going back to that, it was it was Glen Campbell. And you know what? The thing is, about a year ago, I re-explored Glen Campbell. And so it goes back to some of the songs that he was performing. And so then it becomes Tom Paxton and uh, Jimmy Webb and the, the incredible songwriting of Jimmy Webb. So... You know, I feel kind of blessed that my father, who was a very busy businessman, instilled in me some of these iconic sort of people of that era. Where hustle's the name of the game And nice guys get washed away like the snow and the rain he did play a lot of Barbara Streisand, and I have to be honest, I never really kind of warmed to Barbara Streisand, even though she's an incredible singer. But it was Dusty and Dion and Burt Bacharach and Glenn Campbell. And here's the other strange one, Rachmaninoff. Oh, wow. So, My husband loves him. Yeah, yeah. It's funny how, you know, you might have resisted a whole lot of music that your parents kind of forced on you as some sort of education and how it sort of stays with you. So, Yeah. Deep Purple and Cream for me have never been revisited. Look, but. <laughs> my, yes, I, I look. You know, there was there was all there was. Um, look, you know what? I mean, I just love so much music. I mean, I remember Led Zeppelin, and and you know, having said that, I was listening to Joni Mitchell and all those sort of artists. There was a whole lot of other stuff going on, you know, and there was there was great stuff in a, in a, in Australia, certain songs, but I can't remember them all. Yeah. Were you the type of kid that just sing around the house? Yes, I was, and in fact, huh, you know, so I, I organised concerts at, you know, special family gatherings, so that was me. And so there must have, you know, the thing is nobody else in my family was at all interested in this, and I just forced people to sort of, you know, get together and have these sort of sing-alongs, and so there you go. I don't know. I don't know how this happens or why. But, but Do you go. remember any of the songs that you, you performed in these little concerts? No. Do you remember the first song you learnt to play or sing? Do you know, it was probably a, a Credence Clearwater Revival song. listen to all those songs again and I think there was something raw about their vocals that I liked there was something sort of in the voice that was kind of a bit cracked and, and you know they were kind of bluesy and they had a groove to them but you know it was that sort of thing whereas you know I love Joni Mitchell but those songs were way too hard for me to be able to play on the guitar so and then Bob Dylan's song so I, I remember loving Blood on the Tracks I mean who wouldn't love that record you know so I remember learning those songs probably Carole King Stayed in bed all morning just to pass the time. 
My stepfather was obsessed with the song Copperhead Road by Steve Earle and I remember being out at the local pub and to be able to put on a song of my own I had to play Copperhead Road every second song. Have you ever had a song that you haven't been able to get enough of? I like the question but being a singer, a musician, I go through my favourites every other moment. You know, I mean, when you say song, I can't give you that answer, a specific song. It's just that, you know, yes, there was Joni Mitchell. There was, you know, the album Hegira. I loved that. Um, There was so many others. And then, you know, then I discovered Nina Simone and I loved Feeling Good, you know, and then I discovered Aretha Franklin, not necessarily in this order. And and then, you know, Tammy Wynette and it just goes on and on. So it's, it's, yes, the song is the thing, you know, the... There will be a song and it will floor you and you will want to hear it over and over again and off my album Till I Get It Right, um, which is a Tammy Wynette song because she didn't write the song, uh, you know, I, I heard Solomon Burke sing it and I just was, I, I, you know, I stopped in my tracks and it actually made me cry and I went home and listened to Tammy Wynette's version and it made me cry again. song over and over and over again but that's only one amongst many many songs over the years really and you know there might be you know Sarah Vaughan singing Lover Man which is very jazz but I'm not a jazz singer so it's really you know uh, there'll be Marvin Gaye songs there'll be um, Al Green songs yeah there's from any genre I just it's you know they're all quite ballady beautiful songs do you think um yeah, sort of... you might be hitting on something there. Uh, yeah, I yeah, perhaps um, I do like slow, slow, you know. And at the moment, I'm sort of kind of excited and listening to Marion Faithful a lot. And, and I is love it the her voice. music or the lyrics that, or the voice that gets you? Well, you know, look, a voice on its own isn't anything, really, is it? So it's a combination of the music, the voice, and the lyrics, and. Interestingly enough, I had a conversation with a musician the other day who said that lyrics weren't that important, but for me, actually, they are very important. Obviously, I'm the singer, so I'm singing them. But I I do question that at times. I think there are some songs where the lyrics aren't really... If you just looked at the lyrics, they're not that extraordinary, are they? It is the combination of the chords underneath a particular word, uh, you know, and and the whole structure of the song. So, you know, it's all a mystery. I can't, yeah, it really is a mystery. And it'll be just something you go, wow, and it just stops you in your tracks.
Abbott from episode one got his hair cut like Rod Stewart. Have you had a musical idol? A musical idol? Not really. I've had lots of different... Yeah, no, I, I just, you know, I've just listened to a lot of different music. So I mean, you've not had to line up and meet any or get things signed? Um, no. Oh, yeah, I have. Well, yeah, no, I mean, you know, for me, it's it's more about the music. Yeah, it's like it's not about the celebrity or the, the fan, the, any of that. It is about the music. When did you write your first song? I was writing songs a long time ago and I went to record companies with them and they were interested but nothing really happened and it was a huge investment. I spent quite a few years doing that and so I actually walked away from that and went I just want to be a really good singer and that's kind of the road I went down for a while and so I actually stopped songwriting and just focused on singing and so the songs on my record, for example, are not my own songs. They are songs from a specific time. And, you know, so they're from mid-60s to mid-70s to late-70s, possibly my favourite musical time, when I feel like there was a lot going on in music and it was very organic. Yeah, so when did I write my first song? So, gosh, I was in my mid-20s and, you know... I focused seriously. I wrote a whole album and went to record companies. They they liked my voice. They were all interested, but nothing specific came from it. One management were interested in my songs for Wendy Matthews, which was kind of interesting, and I said no, I wanted to record them myself. In hindsight, perhaps I should have given some of those songs away. Um, but that's okay, you know, you live and you learn. And... You know, I, I so I just after that I just decided to to learn and sing lots of different types of genres of music, and kind of didn't really do any more songwriting after that for a while. And yeah, and then I really had a very big break from songwriting and singing in general. And well, not a really big break, but I had about five years off, and then you know, and motherhood took over. So. And I was really happy to do that, actually. And I think earlier on in the interview, I said that a lot of different things inform me and my singing. And so motherhood also really informed me and my singing. And I kind of wanted to have time with my child. So I moved to the country and pursued other things for a while. Now I am writing songs again because I feel like I've lived a life. And I feel that I have things to say now. That is such a good question because when I started out in music, there really were very few courses. And you know what? I loved singing, as I said to you before, very passionate about it. But I don't remember ever sitting down and saying to myself, I'm going to have a career in music, in singing. 
I just loved it passionately and I just followed it without even really thinking about it in those days. I didn't go and learn how to sing. first band that I ever worked in was a little jazz trio and the guys were in their mid-60s and I was in my early 20s and they invited me along and they were like serious jazz musicians and I ended up being on payroll for a year at this gig when it was just to get up and have a sing sort of thing you know and I used to sing Summertime and Joni Mitchell songs whatever I felt like so I wasn't pursuing jazz but it was a fabulous thing to do and then from there I sort of worked in this huge band and I immediately lost my voice so I went off and had some lessons from an opera singer who was a professor of opera and that was so beneficial and I've never lost my voice since. I then enrolled in the Conservatorium of Music in New South Wales and I, I did sort of a fundamentals of music. I wanted to be able to converse with musicians so I thought it was a good idea to learn the basics of music. You know I've never really had any real singing lessons. Many years later I had lessons from Vanetta Fields which was just so good because you know african-american steeped in the gospel singing if you want to you can break my heart into but after you do all those things so vanetta fields came to australia i first saw her with boz skaggs and didn't really know who she was. And then, you know, a few years later, I think I had some free tickets to go and see John Farnham. And there she was doing backing vocals. And before I know it, I'm having singing lessons from her. And it was fantastic. It was having lessons from a real singer who had sung, I believe, with Joe Cocker and the Rolling Stones. I mean, it was... It was wonderful to sit there and talk about singing, what it was like to be a singer. And I was very privileged. She came along to one of my live gigs to hear me sing so she could talk to me more about what I was or wasn't doing, you know, and it was lovely to have those lessons. I've got to get away from here. life performance. Well it was with that little jazz trio and I was absolutely petrified, nervous of course and so through the years I actually learnt one of the most important things of being a singer or a performer or a musician is how to actually deal because no matter how much you learn if you don't have that under control you're not going to be able to perform as well as you would like. So my first performance was it was terrifying. Yeah. And it was in Sydney? It was in Sydney. Just in a little pub, you know, nothing special. But those guys were very seasoned musicians and they they kind of took me under their wing and they wanted to teach me about what it was like to be a musician and, and a singer. Well, they weren't singers, but how to be a singer. I thanked them so much, you know. And when I left, the drummer presented me with a record collection, vinyl. And he said to me, so I'm going to give you some of my special records 
and says, I love your voice. It's a really, you've got a really nice tone and I want you to listen to these singers. I still have them today. And he gave me this record, Sassy Swings at Tivoli, so it was Sarah Vaughan. I went home and I just sang that record to death and I can sing all the notes that she can sing, which is nothing really. It's like I just sat there and just learned how to sing like... And I thank him for that, you know, because he opened my mind. And I remember that really, really strongly. And, you know, I haven't... I don't I don't sing jazz and I don't want to sing jazz specifically. I, I like to sing music that is not genre-specific. For me, a beautiful song that connects to me could be from anywhere. And that's what I want to sing. I'm not writing songs. I, I'm writing songs now, but I haven't in the past. So I, I find songs that really affect me. And musical influences. As I said earlier on, there was Joni Mitchell. I love Joni Mitchell's lyrics. I love the fact that the arrangements are quite unusual. I love Nick Lowe. Uh, he just blows me away. His songs, his lyrics are incredible. He's funny. I've seen him several times. Harry Nilsson is another huge influence. Not that you would hear it in what I do, but his musical knowledge from the 60s going right through up to before he died. All of his music is extraordinary, an incredible singer. I have had my moments with Nina Simone. Uh, I love her deep, rich, resonating, bassy sort of voice. Uh, Sarah Vaughan, extraordinary, mind-blowing voice. Aretha Franklin, I think most singers have had an Aretha Franklin moment. Ricky Lee Jones, who's one of my absolute favourites. And so she goes right back to one of my early memories, actually, as Ricky Lee Jones. I just adored her. And Tom Waits, um, I saw Tom Waits twice, and he just completely influenced me. Mavis Staples, and I love gospel music, so, and I've seen Mavis Staples a couple of times, and I love that voice. Dusty Springfield. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. You know, Spencer P. Jones, I love his lyrics. I think he is a serious songwriter. I've been short-cheated I was short-changed I've been short-listed She was deranged At such close quarters such a close shave Inside a close session Up to the close And you know, at the end of the day, it's all about the song. So wherever I find the song, Don Walker. Love some of Don Walker's songs. Yeah, I mean, look, really, I could go on and on and on. It's really diverse. It's like I don't, it's not like, yes, I'm just this, you know. It's like it really is just the song at the end of the day. And it might be a song, you know, last year I was listening to The Inside Sleeve and I can't remember who they are now, but, you know, I heard this song and I was floored by it. And then I picked up the Marion Faithful record, Double CG, and I noticed that she'd covered this song of, of this Swedish band. And I, and I went, wow, that's kind of, it's a sort of psychedelic folk sort of band, you know. And she's done a version of it, and I love, I love that as an idea like taking a song and completely changing the version. White suburban bedroom with a 
To your album, which is named Someday Love. You've chosen quite a few different songs there and you've reinterpreted these songs yes. in your own style. And I'm just wondering, how have you chosen those different songs? Okay, so I'll, I'll give you a little backstory. So I had had a break for like five years, really, of singing regularly. And I was backstage at the Art Centre for a Paul Kelly, Paul Gabrowski art orchestra concert. And afterwards backstage, Vicar came up to me and said, so are you singing anywhere? Why aren't you singing? Which I thought was lovely. And she said, come and open for us at Bennett's Lane. And I hadn't sung for five years and I immediately just said, yes, love to, which was pretty bold, pretty brave, without even thinking about it. I just went, yep, I want to do this. So I called up my previous uh, piano player from quite a few years ago and I said, hey, Bruce, you know, like, do you want to do some gigs at Bennett's Lane? And so we went and did the gigs and it was fantastic. It was as if I had never stopped, you know, and I was back there and I did the gigs and it was very successful and had a fantastic time. No, I'm not the milk and honey kind Today I proved it true When the red mist falls around my eyes I know not what I do Please give me back today I won't say the things I say Or do so after a couple of gigs at Bennett's Lane with Bruce Hames, we decided to make a record together. And, you know, I haven't been writing, so the idea was to choose 11 songs. I wanted the songs to be not that well-known, so I've interpreted these songs and I'm very proud of the arrangements that we created. They are all songs from mid-60s to mid-70s, late-70s, my favourite time in music probably where, oh gosh, there was a, you know, pure pop, songs that are pure pop. I, I just love the perfect song and so I feel like a lot of these songs fit into that and you know they are from different genres they're not specifically this or that and so how I chose the songs was I spent six months just listening to a lot of music on YouTube on records thinking about songs that I loved from the past and so Bruce Hames who co-produced the record with me suggested a couple of tunes so he suggested Don't Let the Sun Catch You Crying the only other person that's done a version of that is Ricky Lee Jones so we did a pretty different version once again it's called Someday Love and the reason why I called it that is there's a little line in the Paul McCartney John Lennon song called It's For You which again Bruce Hames actually suggested now it was never released by the Beatles it was written purely for Sir Black and it's from 1964 and it was her second single so the thing about this song is I actually really love the spooky strange rhythm and the chords that are almost jazz and the dark feel Ooh, I, 
favourite song on the album? Which so, is your favourite one to sing? I love them all. <laughs> I love Hushabye Mountain. So Hushabye Mountain is a, a song from a children's movie, actually, called Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Which is a song in itself. Is she? Well, that's... Is it a song? Yeah, it's Chitty Chitty, Chitty Bang. Bang Bang. Oh, Chitty Chitty right. Bang okay, Bang. yeah. Look, it's a ballad, you know. It's like, I, I just really love that song. And the, it's very haunting and very moody. From Hushabye Mountain True Love Travels on a Gravel Road. That's probably one of my favourites because I love the message behind True Love Travels on a Gravel Road. It's about a long-term relationship. It's about, you know, endurance. So I think that's kind of cool. described as pop and I think it's probably not quite pop. Would you describe your music as pop? I described it as country soul pop. That's probably a better than than that that fits it a bit more. That's kind of what I, because look there are country songs. I don't have the connection to the songs like you probably have and you probably know the background of them a lot more than me. In their time they were pop pop songs. Don't Let the Sun Catch You Crying, that was a pop song of its time. Ladybird by Lee Hazelwood and Nancy Sinatra. I mean, I guess you'd call that country pop. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, True Love Travels on a Gravel Road is very country. All I think about is you, Harry Nilsson. That is actually a pop song. Wow. I call that a pop song. He Called Me Baby was originally a Patsy Cline song, and I would never call that pop. That's country. Right? She's but amazing. it was a popular song of its time and it was on the charts. So what do we call pop? What um, is pop? Is pop only music that really young people listen to? I don't see it like that. No. Right? A pop song is a perfectly written song. So I see, okay, Just Enough to Keep Me Hanging On was a song sung by several people and people sang it and it was in the charts. Was it a pop song? I'm not sure that it was a pop song. It was sort of a solely sort of song. But originally it was a country song. I don't want to be defined by genre. I really, really like not to be.
influences changed over time? Oh gosh, yes. Absolutely. As I said previously, I've listened to a lot of different sorts of music. So, And what are you currently listening to? Okay, so currently I am kind of fascinated by Marion Faithful at the moment. It changes every day. I mean, I'll hear a singer and go, wow, and want to explore that more, you know? Well, I've just been on a three-year binge of Blur, so um, I, I fully understand that. Yeah, and you know, so, you know, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Love Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. There's, there's a whole lot of rock that I haven't even mentioned that I really... Is that rock? I don't know. What is it? What is Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds? What, what would you call that? Alternative something. You are a little mystery. Every time you call around We talk about it all night long You gave me a list of albums that you think everyone should own from Dusty Springfield to Johnny Cash, Hank Williams and Nina Simone and they were all amazing artists. If you could have only one of these albums in your life I want you to choose one. <laughs> I'm drawn to Johnny Cash. I'm really drawn to the singers and the sound of their voice. Which Johnny Cash album do you think everyone should own? The- well, I'm thinking of the last two records, yeah. actually. Look, I know that there's all those beautiful records that he made early on, but the album he made before he died and the one before that. And I can't think of the name of them no, right I now. I mean, Were they both cover ones? Because he did that beautiful rendition of um, that Nine Inch Nails song. Absolutely. That just completely floored me. I mean, how far away from the original version is that song? And it's the testimony of an incredible singer. So that's what I'm interested in. You said one love, one life. When it's one need in the night, one love, we get to share it. What I'm trying to express is that, sure, it's about the song, and, you know, that U2 song, One, is an extraordinary song. But when it's given to somebody who has lived a really big life, that's when that song really comes to life. And that's when that song stops you in your tracks. And it is him and his life that has stopped me in my tracks listening to it. Or leave a bad taste in your mouth You act like you never had love And you want me to go without well, it's too late. I recorded a song, Spencer P. Jones, is called Muse of Fate Complete, and it is a really dark lyric, and it's really quite nasty. I love that. I just want the absolute... I want to be able to sing songs that are absolutely honest and truthful, and they might be happy, sad, or really dark, and that's okay by me. People do respond to that. But I'm at the point at the moment where I'm thinking I actually kind of 
want to focus on songwriting because I am writing my own songs now. I don't want to focus on just being totally true to myself and not being affected by anything that's going on or what is supposed to be this or that. And I think that's what those people that we've just been speaking about do. And that's what I'm trying to find in my music as well. And I'm saying this because... I don't feel like I fit into the jazz genre or the country Americana genre or the pop genre and I just want to sing really great songs that they might really be very sad I'm sing- I sing a song at the moment a Dolly Parton song called Down From Dover and I love this song and it's such a great song the way it's written and when it first came out it was banned because it was about a, a woman having a child out of wedlock and it's really sad and I'm okay with that Deep up on the ground seen a spring and summer pass and now the leaves are turning brown said that the song won by Harry Nilsson has a particular meaning to you look he was just an extraordinary singer so when I say that what I mean by that is that he is an extraordinary singer but I'm not actually impressed by people with perfect voices I like voices that are a little kind of not perfect although on that song he sounds perfect actually I think it's just so sad it's so captivating it uses all of his voice from his lower register to his higher register it's perfect singing and the it is pure pop that song is pure pop the way it is arranged I think it's a masterpiece that song and I adore Harry Nilsson can be as bad as one it's the loneliest number since the number one and how does being a singing mentor or a vocal coach or a singing teacher Mm. how's that influenced you as a singer great question because when you were teaching vocals and you were listening to other singers who are you know at a different stage in their journey there is a excitement and a passion and and that is exciting to witness I learn as much from my students as they learn from me teaching helps me to inform how I continue to pursue music and how I want to shape my voice what I want to do with my voice seems to me like seems to me like that's where I you've been to a lot of gigs and you've been to Stevie Wonder and I'm very jealous <laughs> and tell me about someone who's important to you that you've seen live. Have you seen Marianne Faithful? No I haven't, I missed that I'm so annoyed, I was sick actually so I couldn't go but uh, you know recently so Nick Lowe I'm mean, a huge fan of Nick Lowe I just I can't tell you how much I love every single song, he writes incredible songs Ricky Lee Jones, I've seen her twice actually and she's just incredible, I just I just love her songs and her singing 
What instruments do you play? Look, I don't play any instruments really well, but I can dabble in the piano and the guitar. And is there an instrument you wish to play? I always wanted to play the piano, and I begged my parents to give me lessons, and they didn't. And when I write songs now, like I've recently, I've written three songs. I wrote one on the phone, just singing, and I find that quite extraordinary. That after many years of singing, I seem to have a very strong sense of melody. And so there you go. I just wrote a song on the phone. The next song I wrote, I went away to the country and I took a guitar away <laughs> and unbeknownst to me it was tuned to D and so I thought well I'm not going to be able to retune this while I'm away so I wrote a whole song in the, with the guitar tuned to D, love the song and then you know the other day I sat down at my piano and I wrote a song on piano so I kind of I'm very unorthodox and I hope that's going to make it really interesting for my next record which I'm planning to record I would love to do all of my own songs but at this point I'm thinking half half would be good because I still like finding songs and reinterpreting them Oh you kept me where you want me You just keep me straight also released Birds. Birds is interesting because it goes back to Neil Young. So Neil Young wrote it in 1970. It appeared on an album called After the Gold Rush. And before I released my album, I wanted to do some little low-key gigs around town, just guitar and vocal. So I got together with a guy called Shane Riley who also plays extraordinary pedal steel. And we had a rehearsal and I said, oh, maybe we could do some songs just pedal steel and vocals. We played Birds at a gig and people came up to me and said, that is incredible. That, that song, Birds, just vocals and pedal steel. I decided to record it and release it independently. And look, it may appear on my next record. And so we recorded it with just pedal steel and voice. And then I went back in and put double bass on it and got Steve Hadley to put double bass on it. And the whole song was my idea. I mean, you don't get a lot of songs with just pedal steel and voice. So it's kind of a bit different. I've made a video, which I uh, filmed at the Caravan Music Club with a lovely filmmaker called Rachel Lucas, which will be released soon. And I'm really proud of this song and the direction that I'm taking with this. And it's, it is very special. And it is very ballady. Without you, on the is there any local artist that you've heard recently that you think everyone should know? Los Ragas. So Shane Riley, who I worked with, who recorded Birds. It's a band called Los Ragas. Matt Walker is the singer. And it's just a cast of really beautiful musicians. And the thing I love about their records and their music and hearing them live is that it's very organic it has a very 70s sort of thing about it they're lovely really like what they do yeah but having said that I'm a huge fan of Spencer P. Jones and his songs and I feel not enough people know about him He's a solid songwriter. And he was in The Beast of Bourbon. He was in The Beast of Bourbon. And his records, check out his records. They are such great songs. I'm down to the last couple of questions. So the first 
it's a silly question and you have to choose between two things and you have to choose there's no sitting on the fence so so I'm going to give you an option and you've got to tell me which one you prefer so guitar or drums guitar Beatles or Elvis Beatles ABBA or the Ramones the Ramones Nirvana or Pearl Jam oh gosh it'd have to be Nirvana only because there's one song and it's like that sticks out to me yeah the go-betweens or Paul Kelly Paul Kelly country or drum and bass country classical or hip-hop classical gigs or the studio okay so I'd have to say the studio because that's where I feel like I can really expand my creativity and house or trance I'd probably say trance uh, Sex Pistols or Joy Division Sex Pistols Bonnie Prince Billy said he would do a duet with me what is your favourite duet duets the beat goes on oh, okay yeah okay so that's sure and the beat goes on Alright, like alright, I'll you go with, with that. that. Anyway, we're at the end of um, episode <laughs> 7 of Making a Musician. Thank you very much, Helen, for joining me. I hope you um, have a fabulous year. Oh, thank you, Christy. It was lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. La da 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 da. La da 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 da.